1: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's Business Soup. I'm your host, John DeBauwes. Today is an iconic episode, episode number 50 here on Business Soup, with none other than our financial and asset management guy, Brent Wilsey of Wilsey Asset Management. He's on every month, and today we're going to be talking about what's up with the Fed printing money, Is there inflation? And what is the valuation of our dollar politics, red, white and blue? How China is impacting in the shift coming back to the markets here in the United States. We're going to talk about why, as well as the stock market, the valuations, the trading at volume, profit taking in the hot markets. What is hot and what is cold? Brent Wilsey from Wilsey Asset Management is sitting down at the table here. And we're about to serve up some money here on Business Soup. Brent, welcome back to Business Soup. It's a pleasure to have you as one of our regulars. Well, thanks for having me, John. Always great to be here. Lots been going on in the market. You have been on multiple media outlets talking about the effects of the pandemic. And if anyone's been following you, well, they all should be. My concern in the small business arena where we play is what is the impact of the feds printing all of this money? It is out there for everybody to grab. What's going to be the long-term impact of all this money being printed?
0: Well, it's probably going to be a difficult situation. I don't think it's going to be that way for a while. Well, people are concerned about, oh, my gosh, inflation is going to come. It's going to be terrible. Well, again, inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. And we just don't have that yet, John. But we do need this liquidity right now. Where it's going, it's kind of getting stuck in the what we call the money supply. And I haven't checked. I've been going to do it here. But for the most recent numbers, I'm pretty sure we have about 25 maybe $26 trillion in liquid money that's just sitting in the banks. And we've seen the savings rate for people is now like 23%. And, and gosh, John, at one point about 10 years ago, the savings rate was down to 4%. So right now, people are taking that money. They're just socking it away. They, they want to be safe and so forth. Now, once we feel good again, maybe sometime in 2021, and people start feeling really good about things and they start leveraging again and spending money, at that point in time, we could see inflation if we can't produce enough goods quick enough to meet the demand because that's just going to push prices up. Too much money, again, chasing too few goods.
1: Well, we're seeing a in the real estate market in our hometown down in Southern California, we're seeing a continued high demand even after this COVID, this shutdown. The housing market is still very strong. Do you see that continuing with the lack of inventory?
0: What's actually causing the prices to rise is actually three things. One is the lack of inventory. I mean, again, supply and demand. If there's not much inventory out there and the demand is high, which it is, that is going to push prices up. Now, what's causing the demand? Two things. One, people don't want to be in the cities and combine small areas anymore. They want a backyard. They want to be able to, quote, unquote, social distance with the neighbors. So they want to get out of the cities into the suburbs And then the last thing, the third thing that's causing this big boom is a big decline in mortgage rates. Gosh, I I was actually looking at uh, buying another house myself. Actually, I I did sell my house, by the way. Uh, I've decided not to buy another one because I think we could have this excitement end rather soon. But when I looked at buying a new house, and this was on a jumbo loan, with Citibank, I could have got 2.6% if I just deposited, I think, like a half million dollars with them On a jumbo loan, John, I mean, that's incredible rates. So that's what's causing this boom is such low rates and people saying, hey, let's take advantage of this.
1: Are we seeing any pattern from historical rates and housing and with, with the abundance of money? Are we seeing a trend or is this something that is different from the past?
0: I wouldn't say it's a trend. I'm concerned that it's not going to last very long here. And that's why, again, I sold my house. And as opposed to buying another house, I decided to rent for a while and, and see how crazy things go here in California. That's a whole nother show probably. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see it lasting very long because rates will start going back up and that demand could decline. We get a vaccine. We get things to turn around on COVID. I mean this could all change very quickly in the next three, four, five months where what are causing people now to move to the suburbs and buy a home, if you have higher rates, you have no concern on COVID, that big push may stop, and therefore prices could level off, perhaps drop a little bit. I don't, I don't see them dropping dramatically, but they can slow down the growth and, again, maybe a small pullback on prices if demand is not there.
1: You were talking about the growth of the money supply that's in savings. I think you said, what, $26 trillion? I I
0: believe I've got to put a quotation on that because I've not checked it since last month.
1: What's a trillion here, a trillion there? You know, it's like the bank account, you know. (laughs) Right. So I I
0: know it's somewhere on 25 trillion, which is a lot of money to have in liquid money. And that money, by the way, is not earning very much. No. And once things kind of open up or things change, you will see that come down somewhat. And again, that savings rate, 20, 23 percent. That's what people are saving that's going to change as well. So a lot of people are concerned that, oh, we're going to have this big depression and so forth. We can't have a depression with all this money going around. A depression actually is caused by the lack of money. Right. A lot of money out there. I see no depression. Even a recession. Well, how do I phrase this? We're, we're in a recession now, but it's not a, 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 a across-the-board recession. I'll put it that way. I put quotations around that as well. <laughs>
1: It's a radio program. You can wave your hands all you want. <laughs> what about the valuation of the dollar? Do you see that fluctuating? And is that going to have an impact on business, commodities, and uh, goods and services?
0: You know, John, that, that is one thing that we do want to have. Is We do want to have a weak dollar. Now, that sounds terrible. But again, I, I don't like to be like banging our chest. Oh, we, we've got you know the strong dollar and good for us and so forth. That actually makes our imports less expensive. Our exports more expensive, expensive. but you don't want that because what that means, you're going to import more goods and you're going to export less. We want the opposite. So a a weaker dollar can benefit us during a difficult time frame because you can produce more goods and you'll buy, again, less from from foreign countries. So the dollar right now is not a big issue. Uh, We're not worried about it. What I'd be more worried about, John, is seeing the dollar rise dramatically because if our rates go up and our economy improves, that will probably cause more strength in the dollar which, again, does reverse of what I said, where we want, you know, again, import prices higher and we want export prices lower. Stronger dollars to reverse that.
1: Well, speaking on that, China has been in the headlines for many reasons. And from the business standpoint, we're seeing a lot of headlines about businesses relocating or coming back to the States are the feds or is the u.s giving incentives to them or is just china being such a pain in the neck that they're deciding we don't want any more of it i
0: think it's a couple of things and i think the fed is you know kind of their arms are open the united states yes please bring your businesses back uh, here to the u.s but also too with the covid19 being in china that did not make businesses feel comfortable how poorly that was handled in china also too, we forget how good things are here i mean when I don't know if you've ever been in China. I've not been to China. I would like to go someday. But what I've seen and read and studied was how bad their transportation system is. I yes. mean, you've got a problem with, with distribution, transportation over there. There's a lot of headaches as a business owner you have that here you don't. I mean, we have, and I forget the number. I, I think I've talked about this before, about the, the millions of miles of highways we have here and how easy it is to transport goods. That's not the case in China. So as a business owner, that benefit they used to have with the cheap labor, that's not there anymore. The labor costs have come up a lot. So now not worth the COVID thing, not worth all the hassles. Let's bring our businesses back to the U.S. here.
1: Talking about the U.S., there's been a lot of activity and will continue through November about the politics. You've got the red, the whites, and the blues, (laughs) and it could get bluer. Right. <laughs> if we continue down the red path, we can see more incentives and probably business continuing to be stronger. Is that a, a fair assumption?
0: It's a fair assumption. And I don't want to have people feel I'm political and, and oh, he's all, you know, for the Republicans and so forth. So let's just kind of <laughs> look at what happens with with the red. The, the red, uh, the red they're, they're more pro-business. They don't want as much regulation. They want to incentivize businesses. They want businesses to grow. That's what the red wants. That's what I think our country was built on was, you know, being able to go out and, you know, what's so funny, John, is you see these foreigners come over here and, and, and they have n- nothing at all. And all of a sudden, you know, 10 years later, they got this prosperous business and so forth. They worked their butt off to do that, but they had the capability here to do that, that they did not in their own country. And I think a lot of times our citizens forget about that. Oh, it's so tough here. So hard here. Y- you don't know what hard is. I mean, so what I like about the, the, the red, the, is they give you the opportunity to do as much as you want. And, hey, if you want to do nothing, you can do nothing. That's your choice. That's right. But it's nice to have the opportunity to, to, to do something big and start your own business and work your butt off to be successful.
1: Well, let's go over to the blue side. If we went blue, what would you see changing in the business world and our resources?
0: Well, if we go blue, I think our whole country will be very blue, quote unquote, (laughs) with the results of that. Because what I see happening, unfortunately, is that they want government to help out. And I just saw a thing this morning, John, about New York City. Oh, they came up with this great idea to tax billionaires. I forget how much it was, but it was a pretty hefty tax. And not just the income, but their net worth, which is crazy huh. because many times your net worth can go up. And as a person, you got no more assets, then you would have to sell off to pay that tax, which created capital gain. So, But what I would do if I was in New York City is I'd say, well, I'm a billionaire. I'm going to move across the state to you know, Connecticut or someplace else. So you've got to be careful as a Democrat where you start increasing taxes because people will do things to get around them. And what I can't believe people have forgotten Back during the Obama administration, we had corporations leaving the country to go domicile in Ireland and these other countries yes. to reduce the corporate taxes. Well, the Democrats want to bring that back again. Well, if I'm the CEO of a business and I can save, I don't know, $100 million in, in taxes, well, I guess it makes sense to pick up our bags and we'll move to whatever country where I can save, you know, $50, $60 million. So you can't tax businesses or people excessively, they will pack up and leave. And that's what worries about the Democrats is that they, they want to tax big businesses. They want tax the wealthy, so to speak. They're just going to get around that. And then who's going to be left is the middle guy, the middle man. He gets stuck with it because he can't pick up and move his business or he can't move across state lines. And the middle class gets stuck with the burden of the tax increases.
1: So if we do go blue, you can see a very likelihood of increased taxes, not just on the billionaire's status. So you see more taxes. The billionaires and the small business owner they're all corporations, they're all entities. We we run by the same tax code, just that the billionaires typically have people that know it better than we do. So it's not the rich tax code and the poor tax code; it's the tax code, and it's just knowing how to use it that can separate you. And having a business is one of those big features and benefits of having your own business. With that said, what are some of the other areas that you would see that would happen if we went blue? And
0: John, let me just kind of comment on this as well, because a lot of times people think, oh, you know, uh, reduce the capital gains rate, and you know, or or change the capital gains rate. To, to tax them more. A lot of my clients are they've worked their, their entire lives, they've got maybe a portfolio, maybe two, three, four hundred thousand dollars. Uh they're they're in that middle bracket, so to speak. Well they benefit from that lower capital gain. If you take that away, that's what you're hurting. You're hurting the guy that's you know 70, 75 years old, that's worked his whole life. He's got a, a nice portfolio. And now he's gonna pay more tax. So they gotta realize what they're doing, kind of look at at the the base of these hard Middle American uh, workers that have worked their whole life and they, they have that. So uh, now that I said that, John, I'm sorry, I got to re- ask you to re ask the question again because I forgot what the question was you, you actually asked.
1: <laughs> well, we're talking about the tax code and what other areas do you think that we might see an impact in the business realm of taxes? Would it be more taxes that are being assessed on transportation, the taxes on communication, medical?
0: You know, John, it's very hard to have the imagination of what they will come up with. If we do have a democratic president and a democratic Senate and a democratic House, I mean, it is just going to be free season on taxing everything. They are going to have all these deficits that they have. They've got this large debt. They're going to say, "Oh, we need to, you know, raise the taxes to pay this off," which hurts the economy. So, what you have to do is you have to try to earn more to earn more taxes, which you know President Trump was trying to do, was if you grow your income, yes. you're going to pay more tax. And unfortunately, COVID-19 came along and it put everything on hold, it reversed everything. But the way to pay taxes is not to increase the taxes. And again, even your own self, if you had you know a higher tax burden, would you try to earn more money? Of course you would. You want to earn more money so you can pay that taxes. You know, So it, it's just something that you have to look at. You can't tax your way out of that situation because you will cause problems you will cause a slower economy by taxing more businesses because again as a business owner myself if i had to pay more in taxes Well, I might have to cut back somewhere else.
1: My only political statement is that it doesn't matter if they're red, white, or blue. If it's good Mm -hmm. for small business, it's good for everyone, has been my mantra on radio for 20-some years. And I think that if any of the listeners go to political gatherings, say local and such, ask them what their proposals for small business are, because small business is the engine of our economy. And if they support small business— then I don't care what side of the aisle they sit on. They will get my attention and perhaps my vote. So Mm pro-business is what I'm always talking about.
0: Pro-business is the way to go because if you have great business and business growing, everyone's happy except for maybe the guy that won't get up and go to work. Then he's not going to be happy because he's not making anything.
1: We're talking with Brent Wilsey from Wilsey Asset Management about the future of money. Where is it going to be? As you've heard, we were talking about the cashless society. Let's talk about where all the money goes, the stock market. Brent, we were talking earlier about valuations. There are a lot of companies out there that are grossly overvalued. And then you, you were telling me that there are still some that are within a good range and good investment. What are some of the ones that we want to stay with Say I'm involved with employee retirement funds or my own retirement account. What are some of the areas that would make for good long-term investment in those retirement accounts? You know,
0: John, and I'm actually starting to get uh, questions from people and clients. What if we do have a Joe Biden win? What's the portfolio going to look like? And the best thing to do is to stay away from these high the valuations that are just outrageous. What you want to be investing into are such things as food companies, because food companies are not going to be affected by a different political party. One that, uh, I'll tell you, one that we're kind of looking at, we haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, uh, but Molson Coors. I don't think people will stop drinking beer. Now, there is a slowdown <laughs> in beer sales, <laughs> but but they also have many other products in there. They have champagne. They have these new drinks. I forget the name of them, but they're very popular now. I think White Claw or something is some of these names. Yes. And that's not owned by Molson Coors. But That's what they will do. Is people will continue to consume alcohol some way or another, either at home, the bars, or on the beach, whatever it may be. That I think is a safe investment to look at. Again, Molson Coors. It's somewhere we don't own it yet. Where it's on our watch list. Uh, Somewhere around 30, 35 is set as a highest 70. Um, I think that's a good business because whether President Trump gets back in office or Joe Biden gets in office. It's not going to change that business. So that's what you want to look for is businesses that people continue consuming no matter who's in office.
1: Well, that would be any type of food. You cannot live without food. Correct. When you talk about valuations, uh, what are valuations and the formula in a simplistic way so that the audience knows if they're trading at a 50 to 1 or a 10 to 1, which, what valuations do you look at to, to put a company on your radar?
0: Well, John, that's a great question, because a lot of times people don't know what they pay for something or the value they paid for something. When we invest in a business, we look at four different things and what we're paying for. We want to know what we're going to pay for the earnings of that business, the sales of that business, what are we going to pay for the book value, and very important, what are we going to pay for the cash flow? And let's just use the PE ratio, the the most widely known. With a PE ratio, it's price divided by the earning. Now, you get a multiple of maybe 10 times, which is very good. So, I tell people like right now, I think uh well, there's one that we did a, a post on Spotify. Spotify has just gone up dramatically, sure. and they were trading at I believe a thousand times current earnings of fifty cents per huh. share. Now what does that mean? <laughs> you laugh that It means it would take you a thousand years to get back what you paid for that stock with those current earnings. Now, I know the earnings will rise, but just to try to break it down a little bit and say. Well, gee, if it takes me 15, 20 years to get back to what it pays for that stock, that makes a lot more sense than taking 30 or 40 years. So we really look very closely at what we're going to get on the earnings, the P.E. multiple and the Ford P.E. Also, too, what are the Ford earnings? Are those earnings going to be increasing? And we like to actually pay about 10, 12 times earnings for those companies. So very important to to bring it down to common sense, saying, what am I paying for the earnings, the sales, the book, value, and cash flow of that business? Am I being the silly guy that's overpaying for it? Or am I, like, you know, doing shopping? When you go, you know, shopping in the store and so forth, you want to get things on sale. That's what you want to do is get those businesses on sale, those equities on sale.
1: I know that you have not been a big fan of transportation uh, industries such as the airlines. What do you see as their turnaround time? And they've been suffering horribly.
0: That's a pretty tough one because uh, what I'm concerned about is that uh, and the airlines get a lot of business from businesses where they're doing business travel and so forth. That's been cut back quite a bit. And, and I just heard again this morning that the first deal uh, is, is as far as a, a merger was done without in-person meetings. Now, I did hear before that they met like years ago. But that's one thing, too, is that you like to get those meetings, get those big board rooms, you get those 10 people in there, they're talking and so forth. They're saying now, you know, we can do more on Zoom. We can do more by video. I still think we'll have some things come back. One thing that I know is not really dropped is that the, the, the travel of family, you, you will still go see your family, vacations, but the business travel was a big part of the airline. So we have one airline we're watching, but it, it's got to drop at least another 20% before we feel comfortable saying that would be a good one to invest in. So I, I think we're going to be in a change for airlines for a while. You also, too, John, you got to remember, airlines are very expensive. I mean, a plane doesn't cost, you know, a, a million dollars. I mean, these planes are very expensive. Yeah. And that's a lot of capital you have to get into. And therefore, you, you spend all this money investing in the capital. And then when things slow down, well, you still got to pay that debt. So it's very difficult uh, for the airlines. And I, I would stay away from that one. But there's, there's other transportation companies. I mean, that includes trucking. Uh, that includes package delivery. I mean, you got Federal Express, UPS. I mean, that's working very well for transportation. But the airlines and the hotel industry also I'm just a little bit cautious on those.
1: What about the rail? I, I, one of my favorite transportations is the train. Not very speedy, but it's very scenic. How the rail transportation doing the, and the industrial use of them?
0: You, you know, John, I, I do a lot of thinking, and that's one thing I have thought about. Uh, they're not going to change that much, especially the growing economy. And, and I used to own Union Pacific for years. We did very well on it. We sold it pretty close to where it is now years ago. But i still like that business because it's a very simple business um if the economy goes up and you're transporting more goods no more iphones more food whatever it may be the train's gonna have more on the trains and and also it's a very inexpensive way to transport goods i think they said and this was years ago i never really forgot it that trains get about 200 miles per gallon because you're taking so much stuff on there so it's a very efficient way to move goods Uh, It's a very good business. Um, I like the train business. I've not looked at one recently, but I think it's a good area to look at. You might find some good deals there.
1: We've been talking with Brent Wilsey of Wilsey Asset Management. For more information and links to Brent, and he is all over the map when it comes to the television, radio, and his own podcast about smart investing, you can find all of that information at BizSoup, all the links, the show notes, and the transcripts. And you can get in touch with Brent directly right through BizSoup, where business comes for business. Brent, thank you so much once again and for being our 50th podcast here on Business Soup Talk Radio. Well, John, thank you very much. I really appreciate it and look forward to the next time. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debovois, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business.